Welcome, beautiful souls, to AudiHD, a safe haven where we journey together into the incredible world of individuals who live with not one, but two neurodivergent conditions, autism and ADHD. I'm your host, Ashley, and as someone who experiences both conditions, I'm here to share the beautiful tapestry of human experiences and challenges that we face. Through heartfelt stories, expert insights, and genuine conversations, Join me every other week as we uncover the untold perspectives of the AudiHD community. The beauty in the struggles, the genius in the quirks, and the deep well of resilience that flows within us. We'll shed light on the misconceptions and explore the triumphs, reminding us all that every single person, regardless of their neurodiversity, has a unique and captivating story to tell. So, grab your headphones, cozy up, and prepare to embark on a voyage into the captivating world of AudiHD. Together, let's foster empathy, connection, and understanding. But most importantly, let's embrace the power of living life in full color. I am Lindsay. I uh, have been diagnosed with ADHD last year, actually. So I was 32 when I was diagnosed. Since then, I have realized that I also have autism as well, but not formally diagnosed on that part. I have a, a daughter who is six years old. So many new mothers struggled to adjust after childbirth, but it sounds like you did face unique challenges as someone who was dealing with undiagnosed autism and ADHD at the time. Mm -hmm. So could you share your journey and describe some of the early signs that made you suspect that you might have had ADHD and autism? Yeah, so I um, also had a, a different experience because I had a traumatic birthing experience as well. And so when I was exhibiting certain symptoms that just started, um, I thought that it was, you know, postpartum anxiety or PTSD from it. And the type of things I was experiencing were just these outbursts of rage that I would have. And they would just come out of nowhere. I had no way of knowing when they would start, how bad it would be. And it was just incredibly difficult because I'm like trying to take care of this newborn baby. And I felt like I couldn't really trust myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I could figure out where it was stemming from. And it was Mm -hmm. usually from crying, (laughs) which is hard because babies cry, you know, and eventually when she got older, you know, whining as well. And honestly, like I had thought I had ADHD for most of my life. Um, My younger brother was diagnosed when he was six, but I didn't know that ADHD had anything to do with emotional regulation. And so I honestly was scrolling TikTok (laughs) and I saw like some other moms talking about how they would have these outbursts of rage and they were saying that it was like their ADHD. And I was like, wait, what? This this can be ADHD? What? And so I started looking into it, doing some more research and like listening to podcasts about it. And I'm like, this is really similar to my lived experience. And so I started talking to my therapist about it and my provider who was uh, prescribing my anxiety medications about it. But neither of them really were like supportive about that possibility. They were just adamant that it was anxiety. You know, they were afraid that if they put me on a stimulant, it would make my anxiety worse, which, you know, obviously it is a potential 
things yeah, that can I mean, happen. That's, that's always a chance. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of just was like, after having that conversation with both of them, I was just like, okay, fine. I guess it's not ADHD. And I just kind of let it go. But then I, I got a, a, a better job that had better benefits. And I started thinking more about like, maybe this is ADHD because <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's okay. I've got two cats over here in bed with me. So that's nice. fine. <laughs> he hates when I'm not paying full attention to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, I'm not being the mom that I really want to be the mom that my daughter deserves. And I'm constantly beating myself down because of this, which is, you know, obviously not good for me either. So we had moved to a different city. And like I said, I had gotten a better job with better benefits. And so I decided to go to a psychiatrist because at that point I was like 90% sure that, okay, this is ADHD, but you know, there's always that, what if it's not sort of thing. So, um, finally got in to see a psychiatrist, you know, told him what was going on and everything like that. And because also too, like, not only was it just the emotional regulation thing, but I was having a hard time just staying on task, especially at work. And, you know, I'd get distracted by things. I'd be like organizing a drawer when I should be doing something else. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? (laughs) And like my working memory was crap too. Like I've always been horrible with names. I, you know, I, I was telling him everything and he was like, okay, well, we can do two things. He said, either you can come back another day, we'll do an assessment. And that'll let us know for sure if this is ADHD. Or, you know, everything you're describing to me does really sound like ADHD. I'm comfortable prescribing a stimulant with a caveat that if this is not ADHD, it could potentially make your anxiety worse. And I was like, I'm okay with that. Like, obviously not with worse anxiety, but with just trying it out. Because, you know, at least with a stimulant, it's out of your system so much quicker than like oh, yeah. an SSRI. Mm-hmm. And so I um, was like, okay, let's, let's try it. So he prescribed Concerta and I made sure I first took it on, on a weekend where I wasn't working. My husband was there with our daughter. So in case, you know, I, I could just like lock myself in a room or something right. and he could, and he could watch our daughter. Um, but that first day was life-changing. Uh, it was like my brain was quiet for the first time ever in my life. And I just remember staring at the window. Like I took the medication. I was on the computer, I don't know, doing something. And I just remember it kicked in. I looked out the window and I realized that I was just staring out the window. I wasn't thinking about anything. I wasn't like... I don't know, singing a random song or whatever. Like I was just staring out the window and I was like, hold on a second. I can do that. (laughs) I can just stare at something and not be thinking about something. And so after that day, obviously I was like, okay, yep. I have ADHD. That's a hundred percent. No, I'm still on a journey of finding the right medication for myself. But like, I definitely see a huge improvement with my symptoms, like my working memory, my executive function, all that stuff. How did these conditions affect your parenting style or your relationship with your kid? And what coping mechanisms or strategies did you develop to navigate those challenges prior to your diagnosis? 
Um, yeah. So like a lot of the sensory things with the noises was a big thing for me and also touching too, you know, like when you, especially when you're breastfeeding, um, they're always on you. Like you just (laughs) never get a time away. And honestly, before I had kids, I thought I wanted to be a stay at home mom. And then I had her (laughs) and I was like, Whoa, never mind. Uh, so like 12 weeks in, I'm like, I need to go back to work. Uh, so, you know, I did that and like having that separation really helped. Obviously. Um, I got really good at being able to just be like, I need some alone time. Mm -hmm. And, and like, you know, whether that is out of the house or my husband would take her out of the house. Usually that's what it was. He would take her out of the house (laughs) because my home is my safe place. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I, before I even realized that it was a sensory need for me, I just, honestly, I just thought I was a bad parent. You know, I was like, I'm seeing all these mothers who are able to just spend all day with their kids and they're fine. And when they're away from their kids, they miss their kids. And here I am. Who's like, can you get my kid away from me? You know, like I was like, I, I felt like such a bad parent. I felt like, why am I needing this separation from my child? Mm -hmm. When I love them dearly, you are not like, a bad mom, and and that's obviously yeah. I've learned that, and I've learned that it's not like I said, like, like you said, I'm not a bad mom. I have these, no. I have sensory needs, you know, yep. and I have I have to be able to regulate my nervous system so that I don't have these outbursts of rage, or mm-hmm. that I'm so that I'm able to parent the way that I want to parent. Yeah, you um, have to take care of you so that you can take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I, I learned before I knew that it was ADHD and autism. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I realized that, you know, I just have certain needs that I need to be met, that feeling of being a bad parent, you know, it, it, it went away, uh, for the most part, standing up for myself and being like setting certain boundaries was really, you know, life-changing moment for myself as a parent, knowing that I needed to set those boundaries. Because once I learned what those were and why, especially why I needed them, it really enabled me to be more of a present parent when I was with her. It was difficult. Like, you know, she's six now and I, I didn't want her to feel like, oh, mommy doesn't want to spend time with me or anything like that. I, I started talking about how like people have, you know, a cup full of water And sometimes, you know, people's, their cup are halfway full or they're really full. So they're really happy or they're halfway full or they're really empty. And I would kind of like explain that to her. And I said, you know, some ways to help me fill up my cup so that I'm really happy. Sometimes I just need some alone time. And um, she was understanding of that because she actually likes to have alone time as well. She likes her alone time as well. Like there was one day she, our, uh, her cousins came over and after like 30 minutes of them being there, she came up to me and she was like, I need some alone time. And I'm like, that's fine. sweetie. You go go to your room. I'll tell them to leave you alone. You have your alone time. I wish I could be there with you, but I can't because I got to watch these kids. But I love though also that you have created an environment where she feels comfortable and safe doing that because that's Mm -hmm. not the case for a lot of kids, you know, and that's a beautiful thing to encourage. Yeah, that like, like I mentioned before, like that is the fact that I have recognized that I need these certain needs and 
that she needs them as well. Like I, I can better navigate that for her and with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when she's feeling like, you know, really antsy or something like that. Like when we go to the grocery store, she cannot sit still. She doesn't stand still. She is all over the place. And, you know, I tell her, okay, you can go in front of me, watch where you're going. Don't run into people. But she's like skipping and running and twirling. I'm just like letting her do her thing. You know, like obviously she needs to release this for yeah. whatever reason. I'm going to let her do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, at first I was like, oh my word, she's everywhere. But then I remembered like how I was as a kid and how I would get told to shut up and calm down all the time. And, and when you hear that so much, you start to obviously internalize that. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're a 30 year old adult who is afraid to you know, to talk, to do things that they enjoy. And I didn't, you know, obviously I don't want that for her. So just letting her be herself, her authentic self is just like, kind of, I'm kind of living vicariously through her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'm not trying to like, obviously force her into like, this is how right. I would have done things, but like just letting her be herself, you know, I think that's super important. Giving her the grace you never had. Exactly. Based on your personal experience, what advice would you give to other mothers who suspect they might be neurodiverse and are struggling to get an accurate diagnosis while navigating motherhood? And how can they advocate for themselves in a medical setting that may be too quick to label their symptoms as postpartum depression or anxiety? I would say, you know, if you are at all suspecting that you might have ADHD or autism, you know, do your research, you know, like find a community of people that, you know, are associated with that. Uh, For instance, I am in a mom group of moms who have ADHD and autism. And even if you don't think you, even if you aren't formally diagnosed, even if you don't hundred percent, if you're not hundred percent sure that you actually have it, go ahead and join those groups and see what their lived experience is like and, and talk with them because that's what I would, that's what I did because like I mentioned, I have my ADHD diagnosis, diagnosis, but I don't have my autism one. Mm -hmm. And I was worried to call myself autistic because I didn't want to, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I did and I didn't want to give myself this label and not have it actually. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I started to talk to more mothers with it, I was like, okay, I feel better about, you know, giving myself this, this self-diagnosis because like ultimately it just, it helps. Like, honestly, you don't get anything out of it physically, but like internally it's like, okay, it makes me feel better about why I am, why I need these certain needs and, you know, stuff like that, but build less shame around those needs, because I feel like there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame that comes, at least for me, that comes around Mm -hmm. needing those accommodations for sensory noises or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, all that alone time, because I need a lot of it. And Mm -hmm. so like asking for accommodations at work, there's a lot of shame around that. Mm -hmm. And so just having that realization that you have autism and like allowing yourself to self-diagnose relieve it alleviates a lot of that oh yeah definitely the shame is such a big part of it too especially like as a parent because you your job and you know it's obviously just because of the 
the social structure that we have, unfortunately, especially as a mother, your job is to raise this human mm-hmm. and to put their needs first. You come second. And ultimately, that's just bullshit. It, yep. it is because you cannot be the parent that you want to be or that your kid needs to be if you are continuously putting yourself second. Yep. You you have to put yourself first. And, you know, because once you do and you are able to put less shame on yourself, you are able to, like you said, get those needs that you have that you need to be met and have them be met. And it, once you do, it's like, okay, like, I feel like I can actually do these things that I've been wanting to do with my kid Mm -hmm. and be the parent that I want to be. And it's only because like, I was able to stand up for myself, whether it Mm -hmm. is just to force yourself to give yourself those accommodations, um, you know, or have your partner give you those accommodations Um, and as far as advocating for yourself in a healthcare setting, I, I mean, it's so hard. It is so hard. Honestly, I just feel like it's pure luck, whether you get a provider who will listen to you or not. Yep. But if you can at least maybe, if you can find like a local mom group and ask like, Hey, are there any providers in the area who specialize in ADHD or specialize in autism and with adults. And, you know, that at least, you know, might offer some, some sources there. I really appreciate all of the information that you shared with us. Yeah. Well, I really am glad that I was able to come on here and that you let me come on here and, and share my story. Uh, Cause I just know that it was one that if I had heard, it would have been really validating and yeah. really would have helped a lot. I guarantee you this is going to help a lot of moms out there. And that's what we're here for. Thank you for joining us on this episode of AudiHD. As we continue our journey together, let's stay connected beyond the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at AudiHD Podcast for more insights, updates, and a sense of community. And if you're seeking further community and support, join our Facebook group, AudiHD, where like-minded individuals come together to share experiences, resources, and encouragement. For our Spotify listeners, feel free to keep the conversation going by dropping your questions and comments in the Q&A section below. But most importantly, let's continue fostering empathy, connection, and understanding in our daily lives. Until next time, beautiful souls, embrace living life unapologetically in full color. Thank you.